Hello and welcome to Queer as Fact, the podcast bringing you queer history from around the world and throughout time. My name is Eli. I'm Alice. This is the first of our new series of mini episodes, which will come out on the 8th of every month. In these episodes, we'll bring you shorter stories from queer history that couldn't fill their own full episodes, and we'll also be talking to you about potential myths in queer history and either confirming or debunking them. For example, today we're going to be talking to you about whether or not it's true that Swedish people called in gay to work to protest homosexuality being classified as an illness in Sweden. As with all of our normal episodes, we're going to give content warnings for our mini-episodes. But all that we've really got for this one is that there's a bit of periotypical homophobia. As I said, we're going to be talking about whether or not people ever really called in gay to work in Sweden. So every now and then on the internet, you'll see like a tweet or a post go around that says something to the effect that in 1979, homosexuality was classified as an illness in Sweden. And so Swedes protested it by calling in sick to work, claiming that they felt too gay to do their jobs. (laughs) Have you seen posts like that go around? Yeah. Yes. No, I definitely have. Yeah. I like the fact that in that post, or at least the one I've seen, it just says Swedes calling gay to work and not like gay Swedes. (laughs) So I just let regular Swedish people were like, nah, this is so dumb. <laughs> so, so. 1979, Sweden. It is true that in 1979, Sweden, it was still classified as an illness to be gay. Yeah. So that much is true. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> Good start. And this was broadly the case in Europe. Okay, yeah. So just to sort of situate us a little bit, Sweden had decriminalized it in 1944. Which was okay. quite early. And the American Psychiatric Association had removed it from being an illness in America in 1973. They're the ones that write that big book of all the yeah. illnesses. Yeah, yeah the well, DSM. All... <laughs> yeah. So a little bit of background to Sweden at this time in a gay way. <laughs> yeah. In 1950, there'd been a big panic about homosexuality in Sweden. Okay. And this is not that long after they decriminalized it. So they decriminalized it in 1944. Mm-hmm. And this yep. is something that generally happens, I find, when a country passes like some kind of big gay rights milestone mm-hmm. that there's backlash. A man named Carl Eric Kainer, I didn't check how to say that in any way. I apologize deeply. <laughs> claimed that he was being harassed by a gang of homosexuals who had police protection. And this created this big public outcry about how scary and dangerous gay people were. So this whole thing was known as the Kana Affair. Okay. And in reaction to this, the RFSL was formed, or as it is known in its English translated name, the Swedish Federation for Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual and Transgender Rights. I assume it has changed its name since it was formed? I think it's added yeah. more groups. That was my question. I think <laughs> it's basically stayed the same. Okay. And it did what, like, gay groups do, where it worked to educate the general public and to promote gay rights and to create opportunities for gay people to socialise and all of that stuff. Yep, good, good. They started working to lower the age of consent. So as quite often happens when it becomes legal to be gay Mm -hmm. or to, like, have gay sex, there's still an age of consent that's higher than for heterosexual couples. Yep, yep. 
So they worked on lowering that. They succeeded, but not till 1978. And then they started working on declassifying homosexuality as an illness in 1979. So we're actually on relevant content now. (laughs) Okay, like this sounds promising so far. Mm -hmm. So they'd been doing all of those like typical activist activities, like letter writing campaigns to relevant people in the government Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And that's pretty much how they got the age of consent lowered. But it wasn't working in this case. And so a group of people within this organization decided that they were sick of this and that they were going to occupy the National Board of Health and Welfare's building in order to protest this. So this is during uh, their Homosexual Liberation Week that later became Stockholm Pride, which still exists today. Oh, okay, yeah. So they gather on August 29th, and between 30 and 40 people show up. And some of them decided, because this was arranged quite last minute, that they were going to come, but they had to blow off work to do it. Okay, this is very promising. (laughs) So what they do is they walk into the building Mm -hmm. in groups of two or three to avoid attracting attention. And they go to the, like, inner stairwell and they just sit there. Yeah. And then they're protesting. So they're chanting and they're waving banners and everything like that. As I said, they had to blow off work to do this, some of them. And they didn't know how long they'd be protesting. So they very much had to, like, call and make a phone call and be like, you know, not going to be at work for a little while. Yeah. But generally, these people didn't want it to be known at work that they were gay. Okay. So they, they couldn't call in gay to work. Yeah. Uh, it should be noted as well that I've mentioned 30 to 40 people. And quite often posts or what have you that I see about this say that thousands of Swedish people call in. Yeah. So we're already in a smaller pool of people here. A few, however, did legitimately call in gay to work. Okay, good. Mm. I'm very glad. And one woman even managed to get paid sick leave for it, but only one. Okay. Was this from a sympathetic boss? I really don't know. Uh, They're not necessarily even calling in directly to their employers. They're calling in to, like, the union or whatever. Okay, yeah. yeah. I may intercede at this point and say what my sources are for this, as I'm saying facts about Sweden. (laughs) Yeah. So there's, like, no academic sources on this at all that I could find in English. They just don't really exist. Okay. I'm sure there's information on this in, like, Swedish books about the gay rights movement or whatever, but I'm speaking English and yeah. only English. I'm so sorry. So I have a friend who lives in Sweden and speaks fluent Swedish, and she did a bunch of reading for me on the RFSL's website and things uh-huh. about information they had only in Swedish and Good told on me stuff and read some newspaper articles from the time and things like that. Yep. So they're sitting in the stairwell and Barbara Westerholm, who's the director general of the national board, comes to sit down with them. She comes to see what's up. She's been newly elected and she's quite sympathetic and she listens to what they have to say and she goes, yeah, that makes total sense. And she takes their concerns away to the rest of the board. And that's met with resistance. They're not all sympathetic to the cause. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, she manages to get it through. And on the 19th of October, 1979, the board declassifies homosexuality as a disease. Oh. Sweden becomes the first European country to do so. So that was very effective. What should be noted, though, is that whilst there were some people who were calling in gay to work, Mm -hmm. that is not what the protest was. The protest was them going to this building and occupying it until their demands were met. The calling in gay to work was just a necessary... I just step love that that was necessary. That. Yeah. <laughs> and it can't really be said that that created measurable change on its own. This is only okay. a few people. Yeah. And I also don't really know what the tone of these conversations was. I think the way it's presented, it's presented as quite a kind of like plucky, like, hi, I would come into work today, but I'm feeling a little gay. Bye. Hangs up. <laughs> but, you know, it could have just been, look, I'm 
an employee at so-and-so and I need to not go to work today because I'm protesting yeah. and I'm gay and technically this was within my rights. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of deal. I have no idea. I don't know okay. if oral histories with any of these people exist. they do. Particularly the woman who managed to get paid simply. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I want to know about her. I suspect she just called and, like, the person at her work or the person at the union who picked up or whatever just kind of happened to be gay. <laughs> yeah, or happened to just be very yeah. gay-friendly and was like, this is fair enough. I support this protest. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. If you have any more information and you can source that, tell us. <laughs> It's also worth noting that many more people, like with, say, the Stonewall riots or Woodstock, would claim to be there who hadn't been there. Oh, yeah. 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 So there are myths that, like, thousands of people showed up or thousands of people called and gay to work and mm. there, there weren't. But probably thousands of people have said at some point yeah. they did that. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's quite a small group. We have pictures of them. Oh, that's exciting. We have, like, at least one picture of them. And, yeah, like, they're in the inner stair of a building. Like, you can't fit thousands of people there. Yeah. I did read some articles just on, like, news websites, just on those kind of, like, procrastinate at work type websites yeah. where it had that kind of story of them, like, filing into the inner stairwell, but then also said there were several thousand people. <laughs> and I was like, what are you picturing here? <laughs> just, like, a hundred-story building or something like that. Yeah. That yeah. gets Susie in very quickly. <laughs> Sweden has a reputation today as being a very, like, liberal, yeah. friendly country. And it is one of the better countries in the world for queer rights today. The European region of the International Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Trans and Intersex Association puts out an annual review called Rainbow Europe that ranks European countries by its legislation on oh. how hmm. queer-friendly they are. I think and, I've seen this thing, yeah. Yeah. And Sweden is currently 12th out of 49. Okay. So, like, fine? Pretty decent. It used to be higher, but I think, like, other countries have just started to get better as opposed to Sweden's like oh, gotten okay. worse or anything like that. <laughs> okay. It's had other more recent landmarks in queer legislation, so it legalized marriage equality in two thousand nine. Well done Sweden. It took Australia almost ten more years. It sure did. Legislation concerning adoption rights for same sex couples was passed in two thousand three. Insemination rights for lesbians in two thousand five legislation was mm -hmm. passed surrounding that. A prohibition of discrimination based on sexual orientation was added to the Swedish constitution in 2011. I did want to note as well, though, because I think that Sweden kind of has this, like, very overwrought reputation <laughs> as a paradise, <laughs> that there is work to be done. Legislation doesn't mean that attitudes mm, are all yeah. great. Trans rights also, in particular, lag behind a bit. So Sweden was the first country in the world to allow legal change of gender in 1972. Oh. So Sweden was very early to allow legal change of gender. It brought that in in 1972. Mm -hmm. But this did include mandatory sterilization. This mandatory sterilization clause wasn't removed until 2013. Okay, but it is gone. It is gone. And then a bill was introduced in 2016 to allow trans people who've been sterilized to claim compensation. Oh. Which will apparently start in May of 2018 this year. I found a lot of articles when it was brought in. I didn't find a lot talking about its progress, but I did find a bunch of articles mm. being like, yeah, that's going to start in May. So I was like, all right, well, we'll see what happens in May. Yeah, maybe in May we'll know. Yeah, so we'll post something on the blog in May if there are trans people in Sweden who have been given thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. As they should be. Yeah. But yes, as it turns out, Swedish people did call in gay to work, but no, it wasn't the protest that changed legislation in Sweden. I'm glad, because I thought this would just be false. Like, I thought this would just be completely false. I was ready for you to just be like, this never happened. <laughs> Goodbye. I, I don't know. I find generally with those kind of things that you can find kind of like how the myth got to where it is. You can find yeah. some kind of like path through which the truth gets distorted. <laughs> like, it's, it's not actually all that often in my experience that it just turns out to be a wholesale lie. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't in this case. Yeah. We'll be back bad. to you with other wholesale lies <laughs> other times. I'm sure we'll research something and just be like, where did this come from? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for listening to our first ever mini episode or factoid. Tell us <laughs> on social media if you think that's awful. <laughs> We hope this helps tide you over for the long gap between our main episodes. Between episodes, you can also find us on social media as Queer as Fact on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. You can also email us more directly at queerasfact at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes now, and we'd really, really like if you left us a review and a rating out of five stars. It really helps us reach a bigger audience. We always want to hear from you, but we'd especially like to hear from you now. Uh, And in the coming month, you can tell us what you think of the new formats. If you hate them, it's going to be a crushing blow, but we'll (laughs) deal with it. (laughs) And we always value your suggestions. But now if you've got suggestions for the new episode formats, that'd be sweet. We'll be back on 15th of April talking to you about Paulie Murray, the American rights activist, lawyer, priest, and author. And we'll be back next month with our next Queer Fact mini episode. We're going to tell you whether or not it's true that it was never illegal to have lesbian sex in Britain because people were too scared to tell Queen Victoria about lesbians. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.